financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. I'm Jessica Tyler. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I am good despite all this inflation talk. Are you feeling inflated? (laughs) (laughs) In more ways than one. In more ways than one. I understand. I tell you what, you know, there's so much talk in the news about inflation. And the thing I object to about what we all do, we all talk about what's important in the news and what's important about finances, is that the jumping off point seems to be as if everybody already understands what we're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about inflation, and while we're at it, let's talk about the intrinsic value of stocks and blah, blah, blah. Not everybody gets this. And what I find is the most helpful, of course, everyone has a sense of inflation. My dollar doesn't buy as much today as it it will tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if inflation goes down, obviously. So what I think is helpful for people is when they understand what actually creates this problem, and or if you think it's a problem, some people think inflation is good, but What's behind this? And when you understand that, you might understand better what you can do about it at a personal level. And I'm curious why people would think it was good, too. Let's start there. Why couldn't it be good? Yes. Now, the Federal Reserve, which is, you know, America's central bank, is in charge of, you know, keeping that inflation at a, a healthy rate, if you will, so that the economy keeps ticking and people can keep buying things and, you know, nobody's really suffering too much. And they think that about 2% on average per year is actually healthy for inflation. To go up. Yeah. Okay. And to go up, right? Everything goes up, Jeff. Well, except for workers' salaries. That's what I think. Like, there's cost of living raises are not a definite for everyone. That's exactly right. So let's talk about that for a second. So 2% per year on average they think is a healthy amount of inflation. And Mm -hmm. they think that because that allows companies in general to respond to an ever-changing market, a market where they might have to raise wages, for instance, as you said, or where the cost of goods might be going up a little bit. And so, you know, a couple of percent per year, they don't worry too much about. They try and keep it in that range on average. That means some years it will go up, some years it will be down. But that's what the Fed is trying to do. When we say the Fed, we're talking about the Federal Reserve Bank. That's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. What happens uh, in the background, like one of the things you were talking about is what if your wages don't go up? So this, this is a problem, of course. And it's a problem at all levels for people like us who spend money and have somewhat of a limited income and not, you know, a major wealth pot that they draw from whenever they want to, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens there is what if your what if the rate of inflation is four percent and all the cost of goods are going up by four percent and your income isn't? Right. Well very clearly, you know, something's gonna give. And so what happens on the other side is that if I recommended this I think last week on last week's show, look, if you're feeling this pinch, ask your boss. You know, ask your employer, can I get a little raise to help me out here? Now, I knew as soon as I said that, that employers would be going, ah, because I'm an employer, right? So you'd be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we've got to pass that cost along to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Think about this for just a second. So the news comes out, geez, there's inflation. They're just reporting what's already happening, which is that the cost of goods has gone up. We'll talk about why in a minute. 
cost of everything that you spend money on is higher. You don't have an inexhaustible supply of money. So you go to your boss and you say, gee, I need a raise to be able to cover this or I'm going to have to jump ship and go to another company that pays me more money, so on and so forth. They give you the raise. They say, look, I need to keep you. The job market is thin. There's nobody left to hire. And you're qualified, and I want you, so I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to give you that raise. They do. Now, how are they going to make that up? They're going to charge more. Yeah, so they raise their prices. And so it seems like a vicious cycle, because then that's why you can't afford prices at different places. (laughs) Exactly right. And in this nutshell, we've defined essentially what people feel when we use the word inflation, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a vicious cycle like this. Now, what actually triggers this? There's a couple of things, really. So inflation is actually just, it's just a word for the, the loss of your purchasing power over time. You know, whatever you can buy today, tomorrow, if inflation keeps coming up, keeps going up, you're going to be able to buy less of it. I and mean, that's just common sense. So it kind we, of has to do with the value of a dollar, right? What your dollar will buy for you. That's right. So there's two main inflation gauges here. One is the consumer price index. That's the thing you hear on the news, that CPI, CPI, you know, what is that? Mm-hmm. That just measures the, the cost of things, the cost of things that you buy out of pocket, the okay. things you're consuming that you pay for out of pocket. And that gets measured in this index, you know, group of things we call an index, called the consumer price index. And the, the second one is something called personal consumption expenditures. And we tagged that, of course, just like the military, with another acronym, PCE. That one's actually, uh, that one actually lags a little bit when they report it from the CPI. So now you've got CPI and PCE, as though anybody really cares about these acronyms. But what do they do? Well, the PCE actually measures things that you consume, that including the things that you don't pay for directly. So these things are built a little differently. In other words, the, CP, the CPI might measure you know, the food you're buying out of pocket. But the PCE might measure, for instance, your health care that the government might not, that the government might be helping you to pay for, subsidized health care, okay. that you didn't pay for completely out of pocket, but it still costs money somewhere. It's still a factor. So that gets factored in. And so on, based on those two indexes or indices, the Federal Reserve looks at that and says, gee, what do we have that help us project for an inflation rate? And if it's different than 2%, if it's higher than 2%, they're going to try to fix that. And the way they're going to try to pull it back, and and the reason they're trying to pull it back is that, so, okay, so at the base, let's say this, what causes inflation are two things, demand, you know, pent up stuff, everybody wants to buy a house, Mm -hmm. uh, and and lack of resources, you know, uh, slow production, slow supply chain. Okay, so demand and supply. Yeah, I mean, what did we have both of? In the last couple of years, oh, let's see, a pandemic, right, which clogged up all the supply chains, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to run out and buy a house because now we're all trapped in our homes, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So, so at its very simplest core, and I really mean that, that's what we have for causes of inflation. Now, everything so, kind of gets blamed on the war in Ukraine. How much of that is a factor? Now, that's a very interesting point because... What we're talking about right now is what makes it tick on paper in the math. What does the Fed look at? But inflation can and very often does go up and down based on things that have nothing to do or very little to do with economic conditions, just like maybe limited oil production. Okay. Now, companies can be in charge of limiting their oil production. That's not necessarily anything that really happened to us in terms of supply chain or demand, right? We didn't say, hey, we want more oil, mm-hmm. necessarily personal level. 
and supply chain problems, which, you know, just happened. Those weren't really economic factors, but they certainly can help to cause this inflation. And as we just talked about, you know, being in a pandemic, needing to do things like or wanting to do things like buying houses or even driving your car more for vacation, mm-hmm. gas cars up. So this is just like we talked about a vicious cycle. The question I think really is, you know, who gets hurt by this? Who wins? What can you do about it? Those are the things that I think people really need to understand. It's just that, okay, so the New York Times had an extremely simple but very good explanation about what happens with inflation. Okay. I'm going to paraphrase, but here it is in general. Cost of goods sold keeps going up. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? That means that your 200 coconuts that you're selling buy you $200 worth of stuff, let's say. Okay. But as the cost of things go up, those 200 coconuts only buy you $190 worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm really paraphrasing it. <laughs> so, so you mean the New York Times didn't talk about coconuts? They actually did talk about oh, coconuts. They did. I'm quoting them. <laughs> they actually used coconuts. All right, I and like it, it. They said something like if they, if they sell their coconuts for a dollar but they owe their bank $200. They have to sell 200 coconuts to pay them. But if suddenly the people are able to charge a dollar and five cents for their coconuts, mm-hmm. now they have to give the bank 190 coconuts worth of money. Right. So who, who wins in that? People with debt at very low fixed interest rates because your interest rate on your debt isn't going to change. Okay. You're at 3%, let's say. But the cost of the goods that you're selling, if you're in business, is going up. Right? Or maybe your wages are going up because of inflation. And that means you've got a little more money coming in, but your debt is still costing you the same amount. So for fixed interest rates, you know, a mortgage that might be fixed or some sort of you know, non-variable rate, if you get a pay raise through business or through wages, you might be doing better because it takes you less, you know, paying your debt is easier. You only need 190 coconuts now. You don't need 200 anymore, right? Right, right, right. But who loses? Well, guess what? Banks. Banks don't like this because now they're only getting 190 coconuts for their, for their 200 coconut debt, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that when you think about inflation, it does feel like regular people are getting hurt the most, though. It's true. Um, and that's exactly what happens. And so we'll talk more about this in the second half about what you can do to change this. But first, I just want to say, if you're out there going, well, boo-hoo for the banks, you know. Right, (laughs) Right. exactly. It was my first thought, if I'm going to be honest. You know, I don't blame you a bit. I mean, I think that's the general consensus is, oh, poor banks, you know, they're only getting 190 coconuts now. Yeah, they could use all the overdraft fees they charge to cover it. Oh, don't don't get me going on overdraft fees. (laughs) Okay, but you know what else? If you're on a fixed income or you have low savings rates, let's say your money is in a, I hate to pick on CDs all the time because, of course, I work with local banks, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, but it, let's say you're earning, you know, 1%, 2% on your savings, and inflation is at 4%. That's what you're doing. Is you're this, losing money. Is this where you were talking about going broke slowly? Yeah, going broke safely, actually. Going yeah, broke safely, got it. Yeah, because you're afraid to risk your money, right? Now, mm-hmm. we can talk about stocks, too. Stocks get hammered sometimes in, in inflationary periods as well, but just to recap what I was saying there. I know you don't feel bad for the banks, but think again. Those banks are paying you low interest rates on your fixed savings. And if that is not keeping up with inflation, you need to know what to do about it. 
and you need to know what to do about it safely because, as you can see in the stock market, although there are short-term rallies and things of that nature, if we head into a recession, guess what's going to get hammered also? Stocks. So in the second half, let's talk about things that we can, that people can do, the average person can do to make their picture better financially because it's all logical, it's all easy, and it's all within their grasp to do it. But you do have to understand what you're up against here. Now is a great time to have a financial advisor for sure to be able to ask questions and and get advice. If you haven't had one before, I think right now is a really good time. (laughs) I love that. If you haven't had one before. Yeah. Let's let's jump on board. What number can people get a hold of you at? Uh, They can reach us at 413-773-3333. And a very easy website to remember, hugyourmoney.com. All right, this gets complicated, but you're breaking it down for us, which is great. We will have more about inflation coming up in the second half of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP.